Welcome, NEC fans, to the NEC On The Run podcast. I'm Ron Radner, as always, joined by Pioneer Pride himself, Ryan Peters. And Ryan, let's just get right into it. Week three, now in the books. Let's go to the weekend takeaways. Yeah, we had four teams finish 2-0 for the week. Let's start with LIU. They've been, they've been on a roll. They've now won four straight games, and they've held their opponents to a combined 0.90 points per possession. They've been dominant. The thing that's been most impressive, not only because of Ty Flowers, you know, 43 points, 16 rebounds, 13 assists, is they've outscored their opponents in fast break opportunities 106 to 25 in these four wins. They're really exerting their tempo and pace on their opponents. And they're also, too, generating turnovers. They're number one in league play in turnover rate defensively, 70 turnovers. They've gotten 85 points off of those turnovers. The Sharks are playing at a high level defensively right now. Kendall Davis causing a lot of havoc in the backcourt, uh, anywhere he is, stealing the ball, starting the fast break. LIU's been really impressive on this streak. Um, will probably be a great game when they play Wagner, who I know you want to talk about as well. 100%. I've seen Wagner up close. You know, they, they had good wins, a, a gutty, gritty win against St. Francis Brooklyn, and then they blew out FDU uh, on Monday. Uh, they've been terrific. They've now won seven in a row. And Alex Morales, Elijah Ford, Will Martinez, and Raekwon Rogers, who we're going to talk about later in this program, have been fantastic. They combined for 64 points and 21 rebounds in Monday's win. Uh, and they're atop the league standings right now at 6-0, oh, playing at a very high level for Bashir Mason. I think they scored over 170 points last week while making only five three-pointers. It's the Wagner style, and it, it works for them. It may not work in your analytics, Ryan, but it works for Bashir Mason and the Seahawks. The analytics work, though, when you look at their points per paint. They're, they're dominant. They, they scored 60 points in each game against St. Francis, Brooklyn, and FDU. That's tough to do. A lot of teams don't even score 60 points for the entire game, but Wagner's doing it in the paint. Yeah, they are tough. They are still now the only undefeated team in the NEC in first place. Game ahead of Bryant. Let's talk about Sacred Heart for a minute. Coming off a of COVID pause, they took care of business over the week, over the weekend. They did. They protected their home floor against FDU and Central Connecticut. Games that they were supposed to win, and they did it two different ways. Against the Knights, they were efficient inside the arc, 22-38. And then they shot the three ball really well against the Blue Devils on Monday. And, you know, they have the big three now of Aaron Clark, Tyler Thomas and Nico Gallette. They combined to score 104 points over the weekend. Uh, so a productive effort for Anthony Latina. And now they have a challenging road trip ahead at Emmitsburg, Loretto PA road trip. It'll be interesting to see how they respond. Another team um, really cooking right now is Bryant. Impressive weekend at home. Peter Kiss really on his game, had 31 points on Monday. Adam Elite, a big day on Saturday with eight three-pointers, getting some contributions, uh, getting contributions all over the place. What do you make of the Bulldogs at this point? I mean, they're legit. I thought they were the second best team going into going into league play, and I still I still believe that. They are right there with Wagner. They literally could have won that game at the Spiro Center. Uh, one, uh, one or two Thursdays ago. And like you said, Kiss is playing at a really high level, not only 31 points, but he had nine rebounds and six assists in that game. Alita just gives them such a great floor spacing option. And then Charles Pride and Hall Lijas are just gri grizzled veterans who know how to play. They know how to produce and uh, they're playing, they're playing really well right now. The thing with Jared Grasso is he's got six or seven guys. So I'm a little worried about the depth because they are top heavy, but they certainly have stars and they're playing well right now. Yeah, Ryan, it's getting crowded at the top of the NEC. Some more good games we'll talk about coming up this week. But those were our weekend takeaways. 
We have a fun Twitter timeout for you this week. What do you want to hit, Ryan? Matt Murrow, who does a great job running an NEC blog called The Mid-Range Jumper, really, really kind of hammers the analytics home, which is something I obviously like. He wants, he's got a request for you, Ron. He wants a dunk contest between the two guys who have been part of SportsCenter's top 10 plays this year, Kendall Davis and Elijah Ford. They are certainly giving the NEC plenty of content to highlight. Yeah, I've been thinking about this, and I'm I'm with Matt on this. Um, I see a pay-per-view on NEC front row, probably something like $59.95. We're going to do some UFC-type pricing on it, and we're going to bring our two best, our showmanship uh, dunkers out there. You know, Kendall Davis, he had a windmill last night. He answered Elijah Ford's windmill from two days earlier. Uh, Elijah had another good dunk in Monday's game against FDU. These are Sports Center top 10 players. They are high flyers. They are a lot of fun to watch. And I hope it's a competition. Let's let's one up each other here and uh, keep raising the stakes along the way. And we had some other ones that can slam too. So fun stuff for our Twitter timeout this week. We're going under the radar. We're going to Brooklyn for Alex Rivera, who's been lighting it up for the Sharks. He's been tremendous over the last two games, and I've always loved Rivera's toughness and kind of do-everything mentality. And I've been waiting for him to get going offensively, and he really did it over the weekend. In, in the last two wins, he's made eight threes. He dished out seven assists, the one turnover, and he's given LIU some much-needed efficiency in that backcourt. When he's playing at a high level and you pair him with that efficient front court and Ty Flowers and Errol Penn and Isaac Conte, and then we mentioned earlier Kendall Davis's defense and high-flying ability, uh, that's a team that's tough to beat, and that's why Rivera's a big part as to why LIU is playing really well right now. Yeah, if he, if he can floor space, open up the middle for those big three, it's going to be tough to stop LIU moving forward. Our star watch this week takes us to Staten Island. Raquan Rogers from Wagner. It's no longer the big three, Ron, in Wagner between Alex Morales, Elijah Ford, and Will Martinez. You now have to throw Raquan Rogers into the mix. He's been playing like a star all season, but really in league play, he's really taken it to another level. 17 points a game, seven rebounds a game, shooting 60% from the field, 13 offensive rebounds. And the thing that I love about Rogers' game, and you and I have talked about this before, at 6'8", 240 pounds, he should not move like that. He's got sneaky athleticism. He's got great balance and footwork, especially in the low post. And he's been, he's been a, a, a wonderful add to Bashir Mason's group. He fills that five spot around Elijah Ford and Alex Morales. And just, it, it's a wonderful addition. And he's a big reason why Wagner's thriving now. You heard it from Ryan. The big three is now the fantastic four at Wagner. Thanks to Raekwon Rogers, our star watch highlight performer. Now for our play of the week, and while we're going to go to Elijah Ford for it, it may not be the play that you're thinking of. No, it's not an athletic dunk in transition. Rather, it's it's a critical play late in that game on Saturday against St. Francis Brooklyn's. Wagner was up by four. The Terriers run a call a timeout. They run a play, perfect ex execution for Patrick Emelian. He beats his defender. He gets to the rim, and then Elijah Ford just blows it up. Great help defense, gets the block, and puts that game out of range for the Terriers. Wagner gets the W. Very similar to the block he had against Bryant the week prior, late in the game when Wagner was making their run. Elijah Ford making winning plays for the Seahawks. For our milestone segment, we go to Fairfield and Aaron Clark, senior guard 
from Parsippany, New Jersey, and Pope John High School scored his 1,000th point on Saturday. He is the second current NEC player with 1,000 points, joining Ty Flowers, who ironically had his scored his 1,500th point this week as well. Uh, Ryan, give me a little bit on Aaron. I mean, he's, he's fun to watch. I, I, I liken him to, like, the old school guards like Phil Gaetano and Drew Schubick, if you're going back to Pioneer lore. And the thing I like about Aaron is he's just tough, savvy, and he gets to the rim. And, you know, the Pioneer teams have won a lot with Aaron in the program over the last three and a half years. They've had 36 regular season wins in league play, and Aaron is a big part of that. Let's bring Aaron in right now. I want to ask him, especially about that old school comment you just made. We're now joined by a special guest. Parsippany's own Aaron Clark from Sacred Heart University, a senior guard. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us and congrats on reaching a thousand points and your two wins over the weekend. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Aaron, you know, your, your efficiency is really scored in your senior year. You're shooting 49% from two, 35% from three, you have 49 assists to 25 turnovers. What has led to your terrific, I mean, you've always been good as a pioneer, but what has led to your terrific first half of this season now in your fourth year under Anthony Latina? I think it has to be my um, work that I put in this offseason and my coaching staff just believing in me and my teammates believing in me. I feel like if you have the belief of your teammates and your coaches um, and the confidence to go out there, then the work that you put in this offseason, then you can have a, a good first half of the year. I mean, you've had a lot better fitness this season. Talk about the work that you put in the off season to get to the point where you're at now. Yeah, well, I had a, I had a good amount of injuries uh, throughout my college career, and I thought that um, losing some weight and changing my diet could really help me with my game and try taking my game to the next level, whether that's with my being a little faster, being a little quicker, um, lighter on my feet. I felt like that would really help me take my game to the next level. And I did that by just working out every day, two, three times a day, changing my diet. I really, I completely took out dairy and I feel like I reaped the benefits. Me too. I'm no longer eating dairy too, Aaron. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. Aaron, uh, I'm going to ask you to describe your game, but I'm going to tell you how, how what I think. Um, there's definitely an old school sort of um, nature to your game. Um, you remind me now I'm going to go back here. I don't know if you'll know this, um, Aaron, but Ryan, you should. Uh, Dennis Johnson on the Celtics back from um, the, the classic 80s teams kind of score from all levels, strong in the air, no wasted motion. How would you describe yourself as a player? Um, you mean like compared to another player? Like kind of like Either compared to another player or just your game. If you had to describe it to somebody, what would you say? Um, like a person I look up to and I like to, like to kind of model my game after is Jalen Brunson. I usually get that a lot. Um, I feel like he, he can score all levels. He has good footwork. He's a good passer. And I try to play like that. I try to be savvy with the ball. Um, I'm not too fast, so like I know my speed and um, – I just try to get to my spots and know how to get to them and play off the wins and score the ball. I mean, one spot that you always get to is the rim. You're just so savvy getting downhill, turning the corner against your defender. Like you said, despite not having, I guess, elite athleticism or elite quickness, but I feel like you're on the ground like two or three times a game, you know, absorbing contact and you have, you've had some acrobatic finishes. Have you always been like that go, go, growing up in, you know, high school and AAU ball, someone who hits the floor regularly? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I get I get teased about it a lot that I'm always on the floor. But um, I mean, growing up, I really was like when I was younger, I was really just a spot up shooter. And then like as my game evolved, I started becoming more of a point guard and playing point guard growing up. And I think that's really helped me, um, like you say, be able to get to the rim and finish and be acrobatic at the rim. Yeah, you're like a baseball player who gets his uniform dirty in the second inning. Like you're, 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 you're flying to second base, you're diving for a ground ball. It's it's basically the equivalent of you hitting the deck, you know, two or three times a game. But um, it feels like that energy that you personify in getting to the rim and, and giving it your all kind of helps your teammates as well, right? Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Well, Aaron, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time. We know you're busy, but we're always looking to get the best and the brightest on our weekly show. So we will see you on the court soon, Aaron. Thank you. Have a good day. In our Games to Watch segment, before we hit our TV game, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about Mount St. Mary's and their game against Sacred Heart this week. Mount coming off a big win at Merrimack. Starting, you could start to see if things are starting to come together. For Dan Engelstad's crew, you got a hot Sacred Heart team. What, and this is going to be the first home game for Mount this season down in Emmitsburg. Yeah, they're playing really good defensively. Once again, they're the third, third best defensive efficiency in league play. And that Merrimack game was really impressive. They held Merrimack scoreless in the final 449 of that game. And then also, too, the offense kind of came alive. They got off to a slow start in the first half, but they scored in the, on six, uh, six straight possessions in that first half to go ahead and take the lead for good. And then Malik Jefferson was just awesome in that game. Uh, 16 points, nine rebounds. He really matched up well against Jordan Minor. And so the Mount, you know, they have Jalen Benjamin. We know he's a great playmaker. Offer him off the dribble. You know, Opoku and Jefferson down low. I think they're getting their mojo back. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they do. They have two home games that are winnable against Sacred Heart and Central Connecticut this weekend. Uh, I think, you know, they can make some noise and get back into the upper half of the league standings with a good week. Yeah, definitely keeping my eye on that game on Friday night, Mount Sacred Heart at Not Arena. Also that night, we are on ESPN Plus, first one of the year on the plus. Uh, Central Connecticut heading out to Loretto to face Rob Krimmel's crew. Yeah, I love the point guard matchup here between between Nigel Scantleberry and Ramir Dixon-Conover. Both floor generals are just dynamic and attacking off the bounce. And they do a great job of serving as their, the main uh, playmakers for the respective group. And I'm just curious to see how Pat Sellers is going to handle this veteran front court. Obviously, we know about Josh Cohen and Mark Flagg and, uh, you know, Marlon Hargis. And so there's a lot of good young bigs in Andre Snoddy and Jaden Brown, but you know, how are they going to match up against that front court? That's going to be a key to Central Connecticut's success. Friday night, Central SFU on ESPN+. Plus. As always, the remaining slate of games will be on NEC Front Row for free and on the NEC On The Run series of mobile apps. That's a wrap, Ryan. Great show. Looking forward to this week's action. Remember, fans, it's a Friday-Sunday format this week. We'll be back next week with another edition of NEC On The Run.